0: So this morning, I want to talk about this title called Separated or Separating. Now, I've really been thinking and praying about this scripture, I mean, this uh, meditating on the word of God. And I want to bring my message this morning from a biblical perspective on what God actually is teaching us and what he says through his word for us as believers and how we need to act and how we need to navigate through this time of um, confusion, through this time of COVID 19. Uh, you know, the, the problem is that that's my focus. You know, it's why are we um, and why we shouldn't separate uh, one another because there's separation um, that's creeping in between the vaccinated and the unvaccinated. And I wanna talk about the separation. My topic is not about should I get vaccinated or not. Um, My topic is about separation. Either I am being separated for not getting a vaccine, or I am separating those who haven't got the vaccine. So this is what I wanna tackle this morning. This pandemic is a major problem. But one problem, as we all know, one problem creates other problems, and and that's life. I'm not talking about the conversation around, you know, uh, the, the, the statistics about the vaccine uh, and all that stuff. And what I want to talk about is um, should we, uh, 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 you know, separate people or shouldn't we separate people? And it's not about should we... Um, talk about the mandate it's nothing to do with that the mandate of vaccine compulsory and all that okay i want to talk to you about why are we alienating people and the question i'm asking myself am i separating those that are vaccinated oh sorry or those that are those that are unvaccinated and um am i uh being separated as an unvaccinated person because, you see, we as a nation, we already have a lot of problems. And so when we add more problems and you compile all those problems, it becomes very problematic. And, and often we've seen constantly in history, we've seen it even in biblical times, we've seen it across the globe, over ch- uh, not Christian history, but also general history, that how separation of a society can actually cause some major problems. Right now, as a nation, we have not only this pandemic, not only the worry about the vaccine, not only the worry about, uh, should I get the vaccine? Uh, And then we have the virus. The focus is not on the virus at the moment, it's on the vaccine. And not even on that, now it's on the mandate and the traffic light system. And so on top of this, we have an economical crisis. We have a, a mental health crisis. Last week, I said 600 people that I heard of, have taken their own lives in our nation, and that to me has to really stir me up, and I pray it stirs you up, amen, and I think uh, we need to keep the main thing, the main thing, we're not talking, we're not fighting people, we are fighting a vaccine, amen, and uh, Dave Dobbin, uh, if you are watching from another country later on, Dave Dobbin is a Christian, He's a New Zealand musician. And Dave Dobbin uh, uh, wrote uh, on his Twitter to someone that commented on uh, on, uh, why we should uh, uh, treat those unvaccinated harshly. Dave Dobbin uh, commented on it. And he said, "Uh, I thought we are fighting COVID-19, not humanity. And I think that is true. But he got such a bad backlash on that. Uh, because Dave Dobbin doesn't care about New Zealanders and all that. Now, what I'm talking about, it could be misconstrued too, but that's okay. My heart is to actually jump in the biblical Bible and come to us with a biblical perspective on how you and I, I'm not talking to this, it's not for non-Christians. This is for you who have tasted the goodness of God, who know God, who've experienced the loving forgiveness, kindness, mercy, and grace of Jesus Christ, you and I, I'm talking to us, that we have a mandate, not just the mandate from the government, but a mandate from God on how we treat people. We are not to treat people. I've heard conversations, people have gone, I don't want to come to church if that person is not vaccinated. I don't want to come to that. I don't want to come to uh, to, to to mingle. I've heard people say, uh, "Oh, uh, they can't go to a birthday party because they're not vaccinated," and I'm, that is crushing my spirit. And I'm telling you, that is separating our society. Amen. So we, as believers, we have a social responsibility and a spiritual responsibility. How are we to navigate this season in our lives? Now. As I said, we have the social responsibility. Can I also say actually much more than the social responsibility, we have a spiritual responsibility. Now, you may say that, oh, the spiritual responsibility is, uh, uh, doesn't really uh, make any sense today. It does because it helps us to and teaches us how we are to think, how we are to speak, how we are to behave during this testing and confusing times in our nation. Amen. And if you say, look, the Bible has got no uh, relevance today. Let me tell you, you know, we are all talking about global warming right now. We're talking about we've got to look after... Mother Earth, but can I tell you? You go back to Genesis. You look at Adam. When God created Adam, God said to Adam, "I want you to plough the field. I want you to plant the earth. I want you to look after the beasts of the air. I want you to look out the birds of the air. I want you to look after the beasts on on the land, and I want you to look after the fish in the sea. Have dominion. That means take control. God cares for our world. Amen." More than you and I, we're just waking up for the last 20, 30 years, but God actually cares for this world because he created the world and he created Adam and he made man in charge to look after, to nurture, to care, not just for the earth, but for also for people. Amen. So how am I to navigate what we are going through? We're already fighting an unseen enemy called COVID-19. If you are a believer, you would know what I'm talking about. Because the Bible says that that we fight a devil that is not seen. Our weapons are not carnal. They are mighty through God. Amen. And so we're not fighting, uh, 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 as Christians, we're not fighting the devil in the the flesh. We're fighting the devil in the spirit. He's unseen. His weapons are unseen. Now, the same way COVID-19, the virus is unseen. And we don't know if someone sneezes, someone coughs. And we're being taught how to cough, how to sneeze, how to wash our hands, and so it's an unseen realm. Our fight is not in the flesh, and it's never been in the flesh, and it should never be in the flesh. It should never be about the flesh. Now, I, I you know what? Yes, I agree with you. What, what the 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 the, the beehive, the, the 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 decisions that are coming out of there? It's polarizing the society. I understand that, but I also feel. For our our, our government because they don't have answers. No one has answers. We're only managing this pandemic. So as a role, as a believer, our role is not to to speak death. Our role is to intercede. Our role is to pray. God's put them as our leaders. God knows who they are. God's put them there. We got to trust God. Amen. And pray it's funny if i say hey if i create a, a zoom link and say look i want to complain about the government i think probably everyone will be there but if i say let's pray for the government then there's no one around you know so that's what i'm saying uh we need to we need to pray for our country amen separation amongst us will not solve The problem, it only accentuates the issue. It only uh, exaggerates the problem. So showing favoritism over one group over the other. It's discriminating one over the other. If I tell somebody, you can't come into my house because you're unvaccinated, that is discrimination. It is discrimination. You may say, well, 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 wait a minute. You're being irresponsible. No, I'm not being irresponsible. I am being responsible. I am talking from a biblical point of view. Jesus, being a Jew, he hung out with a Samaritan woman. For non-Jews, he hung out. Back in the day, Jews were not supposed to hang out with non-Jews. Jesus broke that social stigma, social barrier, and he hung out with non-Jews. The, 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 the story of the parable, the Samaritan, the good Samaritan, how he helps a stranger. The priest walks by, the businessman walks by, but it's the, 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 the good Samaritan that goes and helps this. It breaks the barrier. Amen. There are, the Bible talks about that. Jesus taught, taught that. The disciples taught to break barriers when it comes to the st- social stigma, social polarizing uh, uh, mindset. We are not to separate, we are to unite our country. Amen. And can I say, you and I play a part in that. Hallelujah. Separation, discrimination, one over the other does not help. We all have a right to be treated equally, regardless of our race, ethnicity, nationality, class, caste, belief, uh, 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 belief system, religion, or vaccinated or unvaccinated. We are. You and I, I don't care what others say but i believe my bible teaches me i have a choice my bible teaches me to care for the vaccinated and the unvaccinated to care for the 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 people who are uh, of different belief to care for the people who are who are hurting to care for the rich to the poor the bible teaches and i want to obey the scriptures and i pray expression church you are a family of god and i want to encourage you please don't operate out of fear and create the social stigma or this uh, uh, and this separation it is not good yet too often we've heard heartbreaking stories of how people who suffer cruelty simply from belonging to a different group from those in position of privilege or power are currently are 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 separating or segregating 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 uh, the waxed, uh, uh, sorry, the unvaxed. I often hear people say, but there are men and women in the Bible who showed favoritism. Separation is really favoritism, isn't it? Because if I'm, if I'm separating one from the other, I'm showing favor over one over the other. And, and I w- that's what I want to talk about. What does the Bible say about favoritism? What does the Bible say about uh, discrimination? What does the Bible say about separation? It is difficult to avoid uh, showing favoritism. I understand that we are born with that. You know, even in every rugby, you watch, you know, we all love um, whoever hits the goal. Well, you know, it was Dan Carter. Now it's Bowdoin Barrett and uh, Richie moanga You know, there's all these people that are favorite. We don't know everybody. We like one. We favor one over the other because either of their performance, either of their looks, either because of their money, either because of their, their mannerism or whatever that is. But God never condones favoritism. He never condones favoritism. And, and you may say, yes, people in the Bible have uh, showed favoritism. Yes, they have, but it never went well for them. So don't use people that have shown favoritism in the Bible as an excuse for you to show favoritism on other people. We it never goes well, and and I tell you, I mean, I have been called, uh, um, I've been called names. I've been called uh, um, black fellow, go back to your country. I've been called, um, um, you know, curry Mancha. I've been called that I don't belong in this country or to a certain type of people. And this actually even came from within the church, and I've been called. Um, I often very, those were quite more bold and quite um, direct, but suddenly I still get reminded, people tell me that, that in New Zealand, we don't do it that way. Now, (laughs) I laugh at that because I know who I am in God. Amen. And I laugh at that because uh, number one, I've been in this country for 20 years now. And I understand how this country, uh, to an extent, how this country is wired, how people are wired. Let me, one thing I've learned, and I say this with humility, that doesn't matter whether you're black, yellow, green, white, brown, pink, purple. I don't care what color you have, and your skin, your pigmentation. But we all are born in sin. We all think very much the same way. We all greedy. We are all selfish. We are always. We are all mean. That's the nature of man. Doesn't matter what culture you come from, sin appears the same. We all get hurt. That's the reality. So for me, I'm not saying, please please don't get me wrong. I'm not saying, uh, please feel sorry for me because I've been called these names. I've also been called money-hungry Indian. Now, (laughs) there's so many names. I laugh at them because I learned to laugh because I know who I am in God. I'm very secure in God. I don't care what people call me. I know my mandate. I know clearly why I exist on planet Earth. I know exactly why I exist. So none of those things bother me. And I have forgiven those people and I continue to pastor them or pastored them or are still friends with them. Amen. So even Christ's closest followers struggled with prejudice against people, dif- uh, people uh, different from them. When the Apostle Peter was first called to minister to the non-Jewish people, he was reluctant He later admitted in Acts chapter 10, verse 34. uh, Come on your screen. Acts chapter 10, verse 34. Then Peter replied, I see very clearly that God shows no favoritism. In every nation, he accepts those who fear him and do what is right in the sight of God. Hallelujah. Amen. So even the apostle Peter, one of the early church founders, the first message of the New Testament church preacher struggle to minister to non-jews amen so that just shows don't use that as an excuse learn from that to go we all struggle in it but we are called for a greater level in christ there is a benchmark that has been put by jesus christ for you and i i pray amen to that hallelujah so let us not operate out of fear Amen. Let us not ostracize people. Let us not polarize our society. But let us come and love one another. Amen. Favoritism. To show favoritism is to give preference one over the other with equal claims. A- another word for favoritism is discrimination. It's unjust treatment uh, of people's race, uh, age, religion, or now vax or unvaxed. True. Now, I, I, I got to say, you know, I told you what I've been called in this nation, even in my own nation, that I, I come from a nation, the, the world's largest democratic nation, India. Now, when we are born, because I, I was born into a religion, and that's how we uh, our worldview in India is, uh, you're born into a religion, and um, and the religion I was born into is Christianity. And so on a birth certificate, every legal document, you got to write your religion and Christianity, and then your class system, because there's caste system, there's a class system. A caste system is in Hinduism. Class system is for everybody. Now, if you're born as a Christian in India, you belong to a class system called BC, backward class. That means when you apply for a government job, you don't get the preference as the others uh, the, the, the Hindus who get more preference than over you in a government job because you're a Christian and you're from a backward class. So that's how we always grew up. I grew up um, uh, going into people's houses, my friends, Hindus, and the mothers, they don't c- come in contact with me. They treat me or treated us as kids, Christians, as untouchables because we're backward class people. So you see the separation. That's what I'm talking about. So you've got to understand, and I'm sure other cultures have different ways, but separatism, favoritism manifests the same. The root, the root and the fruit is the same. It's called breaking society, breaking people. So I, 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 so I want to say it's harming our, our society, the rights, because what they believe in. You know what? <laughs> I look back and I was thinking and I was praying and I said, God, what's going on? And Jesus himself says this. He, you know, Jesus, who is the creator of the earth, he has the power over the world and the universe and the galaxies and whatever. He created everything by the word he spoke. But when it came to man, the Bible says, yes, he created us in his image and his likeness. But the beautiful thing about God, the beautiful thing about Jesus Christ, is he gave you and I, children of God, he gave us. Freedom to choose. He gave us a choice. The God Almighty, the all-powerful, the all-knowing, the all-present gave you and I a choice. I have a choice. I am not being twisted to follow Jesus. I'm not being manipulated to follow Jesus. I'm not being forced To follow Jesus. I'm not being forced. If I don't follow Jesus, I can't buy groceries. No. Jesus is saying, if you come to me, you will find freedom. But the freedom is in choice. Even he gave us choice. That's the nature of God. He wants to give you a choice. Amen. A choice, a right choice to choose between life and death. To choose between good and evil. To choose between speaking good things to choose between uh, um, uh, 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 what is right and what is wrong. There's a choice he gave us. Amen. But discrimination is harmful and it's and perpetuates inequality. Discrimination or favoritism is partiality or bias. So I want to quickly look at three points and I want to close today. And the three points are from the Bible. Praise the Lord. Amen. Because I've got to come to the Bible Otherwise, it's just Peter Perimella's words, and I don't want that. I want to look at the Bible. The Bible clearly says that favoritism is not part of God. My first point is favoritism is incompatible with God's character. Favoritism is incompatible with God's character. So we are not to favor. We are not to separate. We are not to um, discriminate. Amen. Romans chapter 2 verse 11, if you can, you can write them down. Please take time to read them over. For God does not show favoritism. That's what Paul's writing. In New King James Version, it says, for there is no partiality with God. God is not respecter of man. Amen. And in, in, in Ephesians 6, 9, it says, all are equal before him. There is no favoritism in him. Isn't that good? Doesn't matter whether we are vaccinated or unvaccinated. We have access to God. You know what brings separation? Is prejudice. Is fear. Control. Those things bring separation. And let me tell you, no one can control at this point, this pandemic. None of us can. We're managing it. But as a church, we are called to pray to the one that controls. His name is Jesus Christ. He controls everything. And that's my faith. You may think I'm talking uh, goobly goo and nonsense. I'm not. Uh, it's up to you to believe. But I believe my Savior, my God, my Jesus, he is in control. I don't need to convince you. It's between you and God. You have a choice to believe in him or not. Your choice. My role is to encourage you. My role is to present you the love of God. My role is to teach the word of God and leave it to you to choose what you want to believe in. And I'm not here to convince people. I'm not here to change people. God brings conviction. God, through his spirit, changes people. Amen. Colossians 3.25, it says, But if you do what is wrong, you will be paid back for what? For the wrong you have done. I'll read that again. But if you do what is wrong, you will be paid back for the wrong you have done. For God has no favorites. Church, please don't do wrong. You may say, but everybody is doing it. Everybody is um, alienating the unvaxxed or whatever. Don't. No, we have a spiritual mandate. Our spiritual mandate is to stay firm to the main thing. Keep the main thing, the main thing. We are called to love. We are called to accept. We are called to journey. We are called to pray. We are called to intercede. We are called to worship. We are called to lift the name of our heavenly father over the nation. Over the nations that are so divided, confused gripped with fear the only thing that will break fear is the power of the holy spirit and he wants to come he wants to be on us but he's saying church would you come together would you fall on your knees would you cry out for your nation i'm looking for people that will cry out for the nation and i will come with grace with mercy and i will pour out my favor i will pour out my healing upon you if you humble yourself and if you come and turn from your wicked ways and come Come and be with me in my presence and then I will heal your land and I will set you free. Hallelujah. What I was just talking about is 2 Chronicles 7.14. Amen. Number two, believers, we are not to show favoritism. Okay. Number one is favoritism is incompatible with God's character. Number two, favoritism we are not to show sorry believers we are not to show favoritism james chapter 2 verse 1 i mean james chapter 2 from verse 1 to 13 talks about favoritism james is addressing here in the context of how you treat rich people and how you treat poor people and how when they well dressed would you make them sit in the front And if they're not well-dressed, would you make them sit at the back? And James is addressing the issue of how the church was treating back then rich people and the poor people. And is saying, don't show favoritism. So James chapter 1, verse uh, 2, chapter 2, verse 1. My dear brothers and sisters, how can you claim to have faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ if you favor some people over the others? How can, I think God is talking to us, Expression Church, how can you favor the vaccinated over the unvaccinated? But you say, oh, well, well, you know, my health, I know we have our health. Who is our healer? Who gave us life? Yes, God gave us common sense, but more than common sense, God gave us faith. I always say this, that where where common sense, where wisdom abandons us, faith takes us there. You know, wisdom is good, but wisdom doesn't please God. Faith pleases God. It says in Luke ten nineteen. even if you grab a deadly serpent, even if you walk through, uh, I've given you authority over trample over snakes and scorpions, not literally, but in the spirit realm. And I believe we are to call to love people, not to hide away and, and go, oh, I don't want to. Even church Christians are gripped with fear. Don't. Please get on your knees. Check your heart. Lord, is my language right? Is my thinking right? Is my behavior right? Is it in line with your word? Not by what Pastor Peter is saying. Is it in line with your word? In the context of what I'm talking about. James chapter 2, verse 2 and 4. It says, for example, suppose someone comes into into your meeting dressed in fancy clothes and in expensive gear, uh, not gear, jewelry and another comes who is poor and dressed in dirty clothes if you give special attention and a good seat to the rich person but you say to the poor one you can stand over there or else sit on the floor well doesn't well that, doesn't that this discrimination show that you are your judgments are guided by evil motives so what james is talking about is how you think speak and treat other people matters. And then in James chapter 2, same chapter, verse 8, he says, Yes, indeed, it is good when you obey the royal law as found in the scriptures. Love your neighbor as yourself. Do you know, If you want to be treated well, treat other people well. Amen. Because the Bible is clear, what you sow is what you reap. So treat people as the way you want them to treat you. Yeah. Or even Old Testament, uh, it's not in the, on the screen, but in Old Testament, Leviticus chapter 19, chapters uh, and verse 15 says that do not show partiality to the poor or favoritism to the great. And in Exodus chapter 23, verse 3, it says do not show favoritism to a poor man. So it's continually teaching, don't show favor to people, Old Testament and New Testament. So my first point is that it says favoritism is is incompatible with God's character. My second point is believers are not to show favoritism. Now, my third point is favoritism is a sin. It is a sin. It's not a um, concept. It's a sin. And guess what? Sin separates us from God. Sin alienates us from the presence of God. God loves a sinner, but not the sin. So don't get confused by that. In James chapter 2 verse 9, he says, James is writing, But if you favor some people over others, you are committing a sin. You are guilty of breaking the law. I hope it stays there on the screen for a while, that scripture. But if you favor some people over others, you are committing a sin. You are committing a sin. You are guilty of breaking the law when you favor people over other people. Class over another class. Group over another group. Do not please favor people. Don't separate. Don't separate people. Don't be separated from people. Don't be part of separating people, please. Favoritism is a serious offense against God who calls us to love our neighbors as ourselves. Amen. My last point, point four. It says we will all be judged by our actions. We will all be judged by our actions. Now, I don't have it on my notes, but I want to quickly read that to you. And uh, it's... I'll just open that. This is important that we look through the lens of the scriptures. Amen. And so I want to read this to us this morning. We will all be judged by our actions. In verse 12, he says, So speak as... speak and so do as those who will be judged by the law of liberty. For judgment is without mercy and to one who has shown no mercy... Mercy triumphs over judgment. Amen. So what he's saying is, you will be judged by your behavior. Amen. So I want to repeat my points again. I hope you understand this. Favoritism is incompatible with God's character. Believers are not to show favoritism. Favoritism is a sin. And we will all be judged by our actions. Amen. It's not by what we know, but how we behave. Is what matters. Amen. Knowing is important, but behaving is far more important. So I pray, church, expression, church. I pray. I've been praying for you along with Cara. I'm praying. We're praying. My heart is really burdened for the church. Why is the church struggling to rise up? Why is the church not there to pray? Has your words become so busy over prayer when the nation is going down? Remember a few months ago, I talked about if the city prospers, you prosper from Jeremiah chapter 29. And so you work hard staying up late. Psalm 127, I think it says, You know, uh, uh, that unless the Lord builds the house, they the labor is in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, those that stay up and watch guards over the city is in vain. No point in you working hard if you cannot have the time to pray. Amen. Worship, worship, worship. Lord God of nations, at thy feet. In the bonds of love we meet. Hallelujah. What a powerful national anthem. It's a cry. Saying, God, defend New Zealand from dissension, from dishonor, from shame. God, this free land, from envy, strife. God, this nation, let our love for you increase. May your blessings never cease. Give us plenty, give us peace. God, defend New Zealand. You know, maybe what I preached this morning might be not be favorable for you, to you to hear it. But my prayer and my heart's been to share it through the scriptures. And I pray that you, me, we all daily search our hearts in prayer. In the presence of God and say, God. Is my mind being fashioned by what's happening in the world? Or is it being renewed by the word of God? You're welcome to talk to me. You can write to me. I just heard a comment. Somebody said, Pastor Peter, you will not be famous anymore for this. But that's not about Since when did it become about fame famous? It's about truth. And truth sets people free. We are called to love. So God, defend our nation. God, we, the people of this land, as it says Tangata Fenua, the people of this land, we all from every creed, every nation, every tribe, we are all Tangata Fenua because we are New Zealanders. We come, come to you, we bow before you, God of this nation, God of Nations. We bow before you and we pray. We worship you. We adore you. We love you. God, would you heal our land? Would you bring the church together? Would would you teach us not to work and walk out of fear? But may we love people out of the love of God that transcends ethnicity, transcends race, transcends barriers transcends even legislation we want to be known for people who love people and not to discriminate to favor and to separate i pray your blessings upon this church i pray your blessings on everyone i pray your blessings on our nation this beautiful land it needs you god we need you have mercy have grace in jesus name amen